The following podcast is brought to you by the Tumbling Saber Powerful Friends community. Become a Powerful Friend today and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, ad-free podcasts, monthly giveaways, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Tumbling Saber team is proud to present Worthy of Recognition, a look at the names and faces that make Star Wars an unforgettable experience and an integral part of our lives. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for another edition, after such a long layoff, of Worthy of Recognition, where we talk about our Mount Rushmores of Star Wars. And this month, I am overjoyed! I am so happy to be joined by one of my pals, one of my great podcasting pals out there. You know him, you love him. It's Devin Kleffer from Unmistakably Star Wars. Devin, how's it going, my friend? Oh, my friend, I'll tell you what, it is good anytime that we are connecting. So I am excited for tonight. Um, this has been a, a long time coming, and so I am ready to get down to Star Wars business. Star Wars business, it's, it's the best business, it's booming. It, it is booming. It is booming. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not going toward my pocketbook, but it is booming. <laughs> <laughs> just a little slice. It's all it takes. That's yeah, all I right. I, it's all I need. Just the tiniest sliver. Happy to be a shill. Oh, sh- shilling all day, baby. <laughs> it's funny though. Like uh, you know, you try and podcast with some po- productivity, positivity. I don't know. That's podcasters. Right. We try to be productive as well. But you try to be positive, and you get called a shill for it. What's that about? Yeah, I I don't know, but um, I'm okay with it. I've certainly been called worse over the years. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, uh, if, yeah. If being called a shill for being positive is, uh, if that's the worst insult one can throw at you, then uh, I'm happy to wear the tag. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, is have you um, have you been able to collect yourself after the Rise of Skywalker trailer? Well, so here's the thing is I didn't watch it Monday night when it was during Monday night football. And I just kind of got into the the swing of my work day the next day. And so it wasn't even until Tuesday afternoon that I even watched it. And it was only then because Jeremy from Unmistakably Star Wars actually sat me down and said, oh, no, you're going to watch it right now. So I, I watched it that one time and I haven't seen it a second time yet. Who who are you and where is the real Devin? <laughs> <laughs> I I know, right? He, he's collecting no, wait, pieces wait, of a this, shattered it, heart because Phasma's not around. <laughs> now, is this like by choice so that you can just... I, I got a sense of it and I'm going to look away. I don't want to marinate in this. I, just, I want to approach December 20th fresh or is this sort of... Uh, eh, you know what? Whatever. Well, you know, it's certainly not the former. I, I, I had no problem, although I stay away from spoilery stuff. I've never had a problem watching the, the official release stuff. Um, to be honest with you, and, and you can probably relate to this, and I'm sure some of the listeners can relate to this, but, you know, Star Wars fandom is, is literally has its light side and its dark side. And I, I think I just got so emotionally downtrodden by trying to even like combat any of the negativity out there that my, my enthusiasm is just kind of, it's waned a little bit and my love for star Wars has not changed. My fandom hasn't changed, but I just didn't want to have to go onto social media and read a bunch of people say, 
you know, Disney Star Wars sucks or, you know, wrecked my childhood or whatever else. So I was just kind of stealing myself for that, trying to avoid that trap. That's a good call because you know what? It's it's still happening. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> what it a probably shock. will. <laughs> what a shock. Yes. You know, you, you just wonder like, you know, criticism is fine. Valid criticism, obviously. Yes. But you, you wonder what, what the world would be like if some of these people put an ounce of that critical energy into something that they actually loved. Like, why don't oh. you just go support the thing you love? Totally. Totally. Well, and not only that, but like, you, you just kind of wonder to what extent this is their behavior in the other areas of their life. Like, when, when mom makes lasagna or is this how they react to mom when she doesn't get the lasagna just right i i don't know it's 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 yeah, like interesting it's, from like a s- sociological standpoint it's it is so bizarre and one day there's going to be you know there'll, there'll be papers published about this and i can't wait to read them but <laughs> it's like if, if if mommy doesn't cut the crust off your bread like <laughs> what are you gonna do childhood ruined <laughs> it, anyway Enough about enough about uh, the dark underbelly of Star Wars fandom because there is plenty to celebrate on the light side of it, and and yes, I, you know yes. your network is is kind of like a, a great beacon of positivity oh, out there, and you guys do you. such a great job of uplifting a lot of voices in, and fandom in Star Wars, and it's 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 great to see, and it's great to listen to. Well, we feel about you guys the same way, so I, I'm glad that we're in this thing together. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and it's 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 been a, it's blast because I think our podcasts both kind of came to life around the same time, right around yeah. right around the time uh, TFA came out. Yeah, yeah, I think ours was, gosh, I think it was early October, maybe late September of 2015. So right right around this time, yeah, it, yeah. There you go. So happy happy fourth anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Likewise, likewise. Yeah, we're coming. We're coming up. We we uh, we're at. Yeah, I think this mid like December, jeez, tenth or twelfth was our first episode in twenty fifteen. Nice, so yeah, we're right there as well, and it's it's been it's been a heck of a ride. <laughs> it's, mm. it's been it's been interesting. I'll say that much. You learn a lot about people, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you and you you learn a lot about. Uh, it's like when I got into, it, I'm like, you know what? This will be a good exercise in in learning. You know, not just about Star Wars and and. Mm. Uh, connecting with other people but just in 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 the terms of doing something weekly right. and the and the, the going through that process week in week out of, of putting together a podcast and how that kind of grows and evolves over time but somehow yep. never seems to get any simpler <laughs> yes no matter which app you're using no matter which whatever yes i agree there's there's always another task to say well i saved time <laughs> there so now i can insert this task instead yes and it's like, yes oh. <laughs> Anyway, confessions uh, of Star Wars podcasters. Yes, yeah, no kidding. That, that I mean, Star confessions of Star Wars Star Wars podcasting can be a podcast in itself. <laughs> maybe there's something there. Yeah, maybe it's, it, you know, niche down. That's what they say. Yes. <laughs> uh, so let's let's jump in here to worthy of recognition. But first, but first, uh, let's uh, let's get your origin story, Devin. Where did uh, yeah. your, we're, we're OT guys? Uh, I imagine you, you're time with star wars goes way back to that early days so it uh, describe it let's let's hear it yeah you know what's crazy it's it's one of those things where at the time i i wouldn't think 42 or so years later that i would remember it but looking back that particular night is so 
distinct and clear in my memory. It, it's actually kind of funny that it still is because I forget so many other things in my daily routine. Um, we have in, so we live in Santa Cruz, California, which is about halfway between Monterey and San Francisco. And we had maybe two local theaters at the time it was before any of the big chain theaters were around this part. And my best friend, Travis, his family loaded us in the station wagon and took us to the movie at the Rio theater, which is actually still there. They don't show movies anymore, but it's still there for concerts and stuff. And I can tell you exactly where I sat. I can tell you um, how I felt when this explosion of sound happens on the screen and this this scrolling text that I couldn't read because I was only five years old and just swept up by this overwhelming uh, visual treat. And what made it even more incredible was when the the movie ended, we went back to Travis's house for a, a sleepover and, and he has an older brother and his older brother had a friend as well. And Travis's dad, who was a contractor, came down the hallway pretending to be a stormtrooper and he had his his drill gun from his carpenter uh, toolbox and we grabbed, I think we had like ping pong or uh, yeah, ping pong ball shooter guns. And we were pretending to like shoot back and stuff. And it was just like this incredible thing that really just never stopped for me. It said it's hooked right away. Oh, unbelievably so. Unbelievably so. And this is before, you know, as you well know, we didn't have uh, Black Friday at the time. We didn't have any of a uh, thing besides the, the Sears Roebuck Christmas catalog and the JCPenney's color Christmas catalog that wouldn't come out for another few months. So it was all about the imagination. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I mean, yeah. Cause, uh, well, I guess by that point, the toys weren't even out yet. You had to no, wait. You had to wait no. another year or two before the toys really got out there. Yes. Yes. So you have to, it's amazing. It, it, it never ceases to amaze me how important those, that, that movie is how it just mm. came along at the right time to make such an impact. That doesn't happen now. Yeah. Like that, there's so many choices now and so many big epic TV shows, movies, nothing can set a hook like that anymore. I I really don't think it can. And, you know, for, for your listeners that aren't familiar with, with me, like I'm a high school teacher by, by day. And so it's just interesting when we start talking about favorite movies and stuff for today's young adults, you know, it's funny that most of them have that window of like two to three years, you know, something that is newer than 2015. And I'm just like, wow, how do you, how do you exist in a world where your favorite movie, quote unquote, is only a couple years old? And uh, dear God, what happened to your childhood? Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> the early aughts were were a dark time <laughs> with movies. I look back on <laughs> that era and I'm just like, Indeed. ooh, boy. <laughs> ay, 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 there's some bad stuff going on there. Yes. Everything, yes. everything to the extreme. There was, there was like a 10-year stretch from like... I want to say like 97 to 2010-ish where just everything was just just so egregiously cranked to the max, like with two yes. X's or extreme. Yes. With the, with that, they just forget the E at the beginning and just, just start yes. with the big X. <laughs> yes, absolutely right. Well, well played. <laughs> there was just some really absurd stuff going on back then. 
Yes. Yeah, I mean, my story is sort of similar in that, you know, I didn't come to Star Wars until 84. Um, mm. But I, I still remember the day where I was with my my brother and my two cousins. All four of us between the ages of six and three. Hmm. You know, and we're just tearing the house apart. And <laughs> my my aunt and uncle, who's, we were at their house, and my parents are just like, ah, we got we to gotta shut these kids up. And they put on Star Wars. <laughs> and wow. I hadn't seen it, but I remember distinctly laying on the floor with my, you know, my head, my, my, you know, my head laying in my, in my hands. Mm. And like the world just went away immediately. Wow. Just like, just the way the words pop on the screen and then the crawl. Yeah. Which I don't think I could even read at the time or if I did, it yeah. happened too fast and I didn't even, what's civil <laughs> right. war? Like what? Right. right. What's a custodian? <laughs> I, whatever. But then like, the, the, the spaceships and the effects and it was over done. Yeah. Like I, yes, it seems to me like, I want to say like I went home the next day and watched Empire and Jedi. Wow! But it, I'm, you know that that probably did not happen. But it feels like <laughs> everything just kind of, like it, I just got force fed Star Wars. Like you know, like a you know mm. you know how they feed ducks when they make make the foie gras, right? <laughs> I'm gonna fatten them up. Yeah, they, they just bury them up to their necks in sand and then shove a pipe down their throat and pump them full of grease, like. I feel like that was me <laughs> coming into Star Wars in 84 as a six-year-old. That, that is amazing. That That is such an incredible visual that I'm going to carry with me whenever I'm feeling down. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, because, you know, technically when I when I came to Star Wars, it was the dark times. What they yeah, call the dark yeah. times. But I never had Very that. Very true. For, for wow. me, the dark times were just like this epic honeymoon that lasted for like six years. That's incredible. It truly is. It's 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 yeah. Like people talk about the dark times. I'm like, well, I never really had it. Like, <laughs> I, I remember picking you know the, the last remnants of Return of the Jedi toys off the shelves when they were mm. you know, being blown out for a dollar a piece. Oh my gosh! And then you know, but I, I you know we played the crap out of our you know uh, dubbed VHS uh, copies. Yeah. And then into the early yeah. '90s, the Zon novels came around. And then, of course, with the THX VHS set, it started all over. So there may have been a year or two where I kind of, not that I turned away, but I was more, I got into comic books and after that, sports cards and fanatical mm. about sports. Yeah. But yeah. from the moment those THX tapes came back, like Star Wars really just, again, monopolized. I, I love that because I, I distinctly remember like the, the first time that Star Wars was broadcast on television. And I know because we only had maybe four channels at the time. It had to be one of the three major networks here in, in the U.S. And I remember recording it. And in fact, I probably still have the tape around somewhere. But I, I for whatever reason, decided as, let's see, we had a VHS recorder. So it's probably fifth grade at the time. So that's like 1982-ish. And I just remember setting the goal... I'm going to watch Star Wars once per weekend, every weekend this school year. And I know I met that goal in spades, but I mean, as if it needed to be any further in my DNA, it was just, uh, it was incredible to be able to to have this on replay whenever you wanted it to, because before that, man, once a movie left the theater, uh, see you later. It's over. Yep, it, it was done. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll come back next year on a limited run. Maybe, maybe. If you're lucky. And if, thankfully, <laughs> if Star Wars are. was one of those movies that right. seemed to be back in theaters multiple times. 
Yes. Yes. Man, like, yeah, it, it, it's hard. It's it's hard to overstate the power of that of that opening movie. Um, but uh, along the way, certain people or faces. Actually, mm. before we get into that, yeah, did, did your parents know what they were getting themselves into and you into at the time? Do you think? Have you spoken to them about this? So I don't think my dad ever. Like, my dad would entertain, like, whatever I was into, right? He's like, oh, yeah, that's great. Go do your thing. Uh, my mom, I think, because she was at least the first part of my childhood, she was the classic stay-at-home mom and stuff. And so she would also be the one who would do the shopping for birthdays and holidays and all that stuff. I, I think that not only did she know, but I think she kind of fed the monster. <laughs> yeah, kind of the same. Kind of the same. Uh, my, my dad was yeah. the one who went and... I, I don't remember ever saying, hey, dad, can you make a copy of this VHS tape? Like, I love it. I, he yes. just did it. And, you know, he was the mm. only one that was able to connect two VCRs together so that you could record. But he did <laughs> Brilliant. it. You know, and it, yeah. I don't know if he took a cue from us or if he just knew that these were monumental movies. But he, right. it was done. And those were the three movies that we just played the living daylights out of forever. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to – one of these days I'm going to ask him, like, did you think – you know, th- 35 years later, yeah, I would be more obsessively uh, sunk into Star Wars than I was at, at six. Like, did, <laughs> did that thought enter your head? And I wonder well, what the answer you know would be. Yeah. I, I, well, and it's funny, too, because my mom, bless her heart, like she had either uh, the audacity or the brilliance, maybe a little bit of both that I was able to come back after college and once I had my own uh, kiddo, like mom pulls out the box from her attic. She's like, well, you know, I decided to hang on to these. And it wasn't everything from my childhood Star Wars wise, but it was a good chunk of stuff. And it was certainly like some of the stuff that I do have that's on the shelf of the studio now. I mean, I don't know how many hours that I played with I don't know. It's probably about eight inches, a little eight inch diecast Star Destroyer. And there was a diecast Millennium Falcon. Oh. And man, I just, I don't care if we were road tripping as a family with our big old Ford van that only had an AM radio and no air conditioning, or I was at gram, grandma's house when there's no other people my age around or whatever else. But like the hours spent with those two toys alone are legendary. Oh, no kidding. I, I remember... I had a friend that had the diecast Millennium Falcon, and every time I'd go to his house, I would just like obsessively kind of look for it. And I just I would get it, and I was I was almost like, it's not like it was anything special at the time. It was like this this could have been had anywhere, but yeah. here it was. I was just hold, like I was almost like Gollum with the ring, <laughs> like just holding this diecast Falcon. I'd never seen it before. I had like the actual, uh, you know, three and three quarter scale one, but yeah. but this diecast Falcon was something I had to have. Never yes. never did. Well, I- I remember, it's funny, because I remember distinctly, it was Christmas, my fourth fourth grade. Yeah, I was in fourth grade. And I got the, the like, the full-size Millennium Falcon, right? The ones that the, the figures sat in and stuff. And I distinctly remember being back at school after Christmas break, faking a stomach sickness so I could go home and play with the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Beautiful. And my mom actually... <laughs> Yeah, she actually asked me on the phone. She said, well, you know, I'm in the school office and she said, "Um, are you really sick or are you just wanting to come home and play Star Wars? 
and you know, there's like that that moment of silence that feels like it lasted forever. I'm just like, uh, no, I'm I'm really sick. <laughs> and, and so she came and got me, and I went home and played with my Millennium Falcon, <laughs> as you do. Indeed, <laughs> priorities hashtag. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's interesting. I I really do wonder. If our parents, what, what, if our parents would have changed course, if they know that as, as full grown men, <laughs> that our chill, our, our, our kids are going to grow up to be more into this kids franchise than, than they are now as, as children. It's, it's so bizarre. And I, it is, there must've been a turning point for them because when the, the, the new power of the force toys came out in the mid nineties, mm. we just dove headlong into them. Wow. Way more so yeah, than, see, the- than as kids. By the by, the time that those came out, like what was that? Like ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, ninety five. Yeah, and so and so I'll I'll play my cards here, but like so I was <laughs> I was just wrapping up college, and I actually already had a kid at that point. So that was that weird point of my own life where I'm just like, oh, power of the force. Well, I didn't know that like Han Solo got swole since I saw him <laughs> in plastic form last. <laughs> And so, like, because I wanted to obviously, like, get that stuff for my kid and train him and make sure he grew up properly. Like, I, I started buying the Power of the Four stuff. Um, but it was, a, like, a totally different experience because he was about the same age I was when Phantom Menace came out. He was six where I was five when Star Wars came out. And, I, I mean, I remember taking him and it was just this cool moment that he probably has very little recollection of but i just felt like i i am parent of the freaking year here yeah for sure absolutely you, you won that year absolutely yeah, thank dominated you. Thank parenting, you. the parenting awards that year <laughs> all right Let's uh, let's take a look at your mount rushmore devin now all right this doesn't have to be in any particular order unless you have it in order uh, but I'm, well, I'm, I'm curious to see the names and faces who have shaped your Star Wars experience the most. Well, Kyle, you know me and lists, so I'll, I'll count it down from four to one for you. Beautiful. So I, I'm going to go number four on my list is my one of my, my cohorts on USW, Jeremy, and for that matter, the rest of our, our podcast team. Um Listen, when it was announced that, that Disney had purchased Star Wars in 2012, um, very much like that first experience with Star Wars, I remember exactly where I was when I heard the news break. And, you know, a lot of people seem to be so sour grapes about it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is cool. Like, we're going to get Star Wars, whatever that meant at the time. And in the fall of 2015 here's this he wasn't a new teacher but he was new at my school and I was trying to get to know this guy and um he talked me into going to um actually I guess it was spring he talked me into going to this thing called uh celebration and I'm just like okay cool I'll go so we went and we had this great time we only went for one day and on the drive back about six hours from from LA on the drive back. He goes, you know, I think I think we should start a podcast. And what was fascinating about that is like podcasting when the original Clickwheel iPod came out in two thousand one. <laughs> like podcasting was a thing, and then it kind of like died out fairly quickly. And then there was like this resurrection of podcasting. I'm just like, oh yeah, that'd be kind of cool. 
And so, doggone it, like, we hit record one day after we bought some really crappy equipment, and we sounded like complete garbage, and, um, you know, we're 205 episodes and four years later, we're still kind of thinking like, it's a pretty good decision. And so I I blame Jeremy and all those that have been part of or are part of the USW team over the years as as being super influential uh, for in my Star Wars fandom. Well, absolutely. I mean, how far how far back do you and Jeremy go? Um, It it was that I guess it was fall of 2014, I think, is when he, he moved out here. Okay. so we had known each other for um, about a year before this whole thing kind of unfolded. Okay, so he's not like a childhood friend that you guys grew no, up watching Star Wars. This no, is just something the new Disney came along and yep. you guys just said, oh, let's, let's do this together. Well, you know what's funny is his classroom at the time was on the other side of campus and our, our campus is actually fairly big. It's over 100 acres. So like going over to his building, I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to go out of my way for this guy. And I knew he was having a tough first year at our school. And so I had purchased um, Darth Vader number one from Marvel. And so I walked it over there. I'm just like, hey, I thought you might enjoy this. Heard you've been like kind of having a tough first year over here. And he's like, oh, yeah, cool. Little did I know that he's like a comic book nut. And he probably already had like five copies of that (laughs) um, hermetically sealed in his, you know, his safe. But um, it it started us talking about Star Wars. And we're close enough on the timeline as far as our birthdays and stuff. We're, I think, three or four years apart. And, uh, yeah, it was just something to talk about casually at, um, lunch or prep periods. And then, like I said, after we hit celebration, man, it just kind of steamrolled and we just kind of went into a full midlife crisis mode and started a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. The wife said no to a motorcycle. Yes. To the podcast. And that that seems fair, right? You know, I I guess so. It's worked out. I'm lucky in that I don't get a lot of grief at home for podcasting, though I do my best to keep it contained. I do it late at night or I do it early in the mornings. I yeah. try not to eat up uh, family time with it. But yeah, we yeah. could be into worse things, right? Like we could be. I absolutely. Have you watched Breaking Bad? No, <laughs> but I get it. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> no, I totally get it, though. Um yeah, we we could be heading to the bar three nights a week, yeah. or you know, I, yeah. I could be. I had a friend who was into. He's playing on three different softball teams in the summer, uh, a wow. ball hockey team, and a soccer team. And I'm like, when are you home? He's like, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> celebrating the fact. <laughs> and lo and behold, wow. uh, he and his wife eventually split. Oh, and well, yeah, and I, I you know, I think. I mean, when I asked him, like, when are you home? And he's like, I'm not. I'm like, oh, you don't want to be home. Right, oh. right. <laughs> and so, yeah, sports are oh. a distraction, but... Yes, yes. We, we could be into way worse things, spending our time and energy on far less uh, worthwhile endeavors. Listen, I, I, I tell you that when it comes to rationalizing things, I, I am at the front of that line, so I have no problem rationalizing oh, yeah. this. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's good for the marriage. It's good for the marriage that I have a little bit of self time away. (laughs) The outlet, you need the outlet. Exactly. Exactly. Do you see yourselves doing this, uh, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? You know, that's such an interesting question because I was just talking to Eve and, and Jeremy about it. And I said, you know, obviously at some point our podcast will post its final episode. 
And it, whether because we decide it's, it's time to move on or we're all dead or whatever else, but it, it's going to end at some point. And so I don't know what that looks like, um, but it, it did really start me thinking about like, what would be the situation under, you know, we hit record for the last time? I don't know. I mean, there's part of me that like, I kind of mourn that, but there's also part of me that realizes that the actuality or um, chance for us to record a podcast about Star Wars um, 20 years down the road, I I don't think that it'll have that kind of longevity for, for USW, but we'll see. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, you know, it's becomes, I'm sure you can relate and anybody who's a podcaster or anybody who creates anything on, on a regular basis can, can relate. It's, it becomes part of you in, in a weird mm. way. Like I yeah. can't imagine yeah. not doing this as tired as it can make me at times and as tedious as it can right. get and yada, yada, yada. I don't, I, I can't stop doing it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it, it feels yes. like it's, I got to do this. I got to do this. I want, I, I want to do this, but I got to do this. Well, and I think and so, at least for for us, and maybe you felt the same thing, but like there's there's the I'll loosely use the term addiction, but I mean there's the addiction to the creative process, which I personally absolutely thrive on. But then it, it's also the relationships you build along the way. Hmm. Totally. Totally. I mean, we we wouldn't be talking if not for podcasts and Star Wars. <laughs> like it's crazy. It's very true. Very true. And it's it's really all about that. We you know we've got Kigo in Australia and friends in the UK. It's like mm. people are everywhere, and it, that we we would know none of these people if not for this this hobby and this movie franchise. It's it's kind of astounding when you think of it that way. But yeah, when, it absolutely is when you consider yeah. When I think about like when does tumbling, tumbling saber end, and mm. I I don't know. I don't know how that works. Like. I have a number of scenarios in my head of, of under which like, okay, here's, here's how I deescalate or mm. does, does it just hit mm-hmm. a wall and I stop? Like, what does, I don't know. I don't know how it all comes to an end or, you know, does it, uh, you know, d- does this upcoming three-year gap, does that sort of bleed you dry or does the Benioff and Weiss trilogy just sour you and go, uh, if I can't be positive about it, you know, is there enough else? Is there en- enough stars yeah. in other places that I can continue to love and podcast about? So there's, there's there's so many different ways this can go. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I have no idea. You know, the last time that we hit record, but um, I I think there there's part of me that wants to just like live stream me jumping in the fountain at Lucasfilm headquarters in San Francisco and just you know. As I'm getting carted off the property by Lucasfilm security, we'll just fade to black, and that's it. Yeah, you, that's yeah. It. If you're gonna go out, you, you, you kind of want to go out with a bang. Yeah, I think so. That would be that would be that would be appropriate. Oh man! All right, so you got, of course, you've got your, your Jeremy, Jeremy, and the you got a deep roster over at USW. Yeah, you got a whole yeah, bullpen. Like you've got lefties and we, righties. You've got a knuckleballer. Yeah. We we're very fortunate. We are very fortunate. And, you know, it's I think that's been part of a a really like for me being able to have like two full teams of people that can rotate and or fill in as needed. I mean, that I think has brought a lot of of, for me personally, a lot of like a breath of fresh air because I I know it's going to be a different conversation every week, which has been great. Now, since we're both baseball guys, um, 
Who's who's the knuckleballer on your staff? Oh man, I'll tell you what. I I don't even have to think about that. That's that's Regina. Regina is deceptively young and she will just come at you with insight out of nowhere. She's bright. Like she's she's sharp as a She tack. is. Yeah, I'm just glad she lets me still be on the show at this point. <laughs> she shows one day you'll, you'll wake up one morning and go to record episode 250 and Regina's in charge. How did, what? what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the passwords are changed, everything. Yeah. <laughs> How did this happen? And it happened because... Uh, it'd be better for the pod and the listeners. It'd be better for the pod and the listeners. <laughs> that's that's amazing. All right, so we got you got the Jeremy and the USW team. Uh, yep. Let's, uh, let's, let's move on to the next, number three. All right. All right, so number three is um, my, my good friend Drew. So Travis... Uh, that I mentioned earlier, um, he and I met in preschool. Drew and I met in kindergarten, and we're still close friends today. So I, I've, one, been super fortunate about these lifelong friends, and especially to, to share Star Wars with them. Um, Drew and I, every day at recess during kindergarten, would go out onto the playground and play Star Wars. But here was the thing, though, is Drew always had to be Luke Skywalker, or he wouldn't play. Ooh. Right, well, I, it's I know. You don't have any other cool choices, but just, just yeah, that ownership over that character. I don't, I yeah. don't like that. Thank you. I got a problem with Thank Drew. Thank you. So, <laughs> I got beef with Drew. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's okay. Well, I'll give you his uh, contact stuff off air. Um, <laughs> I'll send him a strongly, so from... a politely worded yes. Canadian letter. <laughs> yes, please do. Um, so, from from kindergarten, literally, in, until we were done playing on the playground through elementary school, um, I I defaulted to Han Solo. So Han was my guy from uh, the fall of 1977 onward. Now, is he still your guy now? Well, you know, I mean, yes and no. I mean, he's still the guy that I look to for like. No one's gonna beat the charisma of Han Solo. I mean, Donald Glover got. Darn close, but there's just something about Harrison Ford's portrayal of that character that is just unmatched. Um, so, yes, if I'm going to pick my original trilogy, folks, I'll, I'll still stick with Han. That's it's Han, it's Han Solo. I mean, it's, it's it's Harrison Ford. You can almost never go wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. And going back to something that you brought up earlier, too, Drew was also, he was the kid, though, that, uh, you know, his daddy was the top surgeon in town. So he had, man, uh, the year that we went to his birthday party and he unwrapped like the full size, um, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it here. Full size at, at, um, I, I just like, okay, I'm, I'm coming over to your house every afternoon because that, that was like one of the two or three toys that I didn't get that I always wanted. Yeah. I, I had a, a pal and this is again, past the Star Wars, uh, the height of Star Wars in the 80s, but I did have that pal who had the G.I. Joe, the USS Flag, which oh, was like yeah. that six-foot-long uh, aircraft yeah. carrier. <laughs> yes. It was, at the time, it was the biggest place that ever made. It was absolutely enormous. Even by today's standards, it's stupid big. And he, it was so big, he had it placed on top of his pool table in his basement. Oh, my gosh. And I, I just... I'm like, Patrick, I... I got to I you don't understand. I have to come to your house. I have to. <laughs> yes. Yes. I just, it, it mesmerizing. So yeah, like well, there's, I, you all, there's always that friend that has that video game or that toy that you're just like I I need it. I got to have it. 
Yeah, and and Drew was that guy, and it's not only the the ad ad, but I tell you the other thing that I. And this goes back to when my son was young too. The the other toy that I never got but always wanted was the Han Solo blaster. And um, you know, back in the day, they were actually painted black. What a, what a concept! And uh, you know, he would he would have that. And I, I just I was experiencing the ultimate of of envy and and greed um, as as a fourth grader when when he had those two things and so unabashedly would wave them in front of me. <laughs> Oh, now I got two beefs with Drew. Oh, well, let me give you another one because three's the charm. So when we were in high school, right, he he is the, the son of the top orthopedic surgeon around here. And so he would typically uh, at, at break at high school be in the line for, you know, the cafe to get some whatever donuts or whatever. And he would <laughs> on several occasions open his wallet, thumb through the 20s and say to me, do you? Do you have something? I really don't want to break a 20. Can you just like buy me oh. breakfast today? <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, my, my dad's uh, at that point was disabled. My mom's working uh, as a as an office manager. We're like total working class, which was fine. But I'm just like, are you serious right now? <laughs> uh, Drew. Yeah, he's, he's that guy. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm picturing Troy from Goonies right now. Yeah, well, yes, taller, but yes. <laughs> oh my, wow! You still know Drew? I guess you still know Drew, right? We 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 are still still friends, believe it or not. Yeah, that we, now it's one of his enduring qualities. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> do you guys still talk Star Wars? Do you still hang and and like? Do you, you know, would you make a plan to go see Rise of Skywalker, for example? Well, he he uh, lives on the East Coast now. He is he works for a think tank in DC, but. Every time something like major and new is announced, he'll usually hit me up and say, you know, what'd you think of the trailer? What'd you think of the announcement or whatever else? So, yeah, we, we still have that contact. And I, I manage to see him probably about once a year at this point. Okay. Now, in a case like this, like, do you, not that everybody's tastes are always the same, but like you're, you're generally, I, I think, you know, I listen to your show every week. Generally yeah, speaking, yeah, you are a, yeah. a fan of all eras of Star Wars. You have your preferences. Yes. But I think in terms yes. of, of sequels, you're a pretty big fan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, I know what Disney's done with Star Wars. I listen, I have no problem or no more problem with what they've done than anything that was done under Lucas. Yeah, I mean, it's just it. I, we take it seriously because we podcast about it and, and we're always thinking about these things and overanalyzing, but it, it, it's fake and it's in space, as I think Oscar Isaac would say. <laughs> yes, <know>? yes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, still, like, we, we all have our preferences. Does does Drew as well, or is, has he sort of slipped here and there, or generally do I, you still I, kind of engage and are generally positive Drew about it? is, he's, no, he, well, so he's like hardcore original trilogy. I don't think he gives two blinks about the prequels and I think he he enjoys the new Star Wars the sequel trilogy and the Star Wars stories um but I think that you know for whatever really horrible reason Star Wars has probably moved down his list of priorities over the years what it's a very fool. unfortunate that's it Drew. I know moving yeah. on we're at, we're done I'm done with Drew <laughs> bye bye that's enough you can take his stack of 20s and Get out of here. Exactly, exactly. I will say this, though. I will say this about Drew, though. The the greatest business deal I 
have ever made and probably will ever make. Drew's parents, or rather his grandparents, are from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and they had connections with the 1979 world champion Pittsburgh Pirates. So they were actually fortunate wait, enough wait, to get Wait, we don't talk about the 79 Pirates? The, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but it's such a good story. You'll appreciate this. You'll appreciate this. Um, I know, that's terrible. I didn't even think about that. Um, but so they, got, they had a, a baseball hand autographed by the entire team plus uh, manager Chuck Taylor, uh, a tanner, and... They gave that to their grandson, Andrew, and Andrew is very much like a Wookiee. He thinks with his stomach. And so one day we were um, actually walking home from from junior high and and he here again, he wanted money to buy, of all things, frozen yogurt. And he actually didn't have any on him. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll buy you the largest frozen yogurt that they have and any drink that you want in exchange for that baseball. And he went for it. What? I know, right? Right? <laughs> so so that, that is the greatest business deal that I will ever, ever make. Oh, my God. Wow. I okay, that, I that must have been a, some awesome ice cream cones or whatever it is. Yeah, I, 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 I still rib him about that, obviously, because um, he deserves to never live that down. <laughs> there are some names on that ball. Oh, I, I think I counted at one point, including the manager. I think there's five or six Hall of Famers. Willie, yeah. Willie Stargell? Stargell was on there. Um, now you're going to make me think. I oh, Who was the other ones? That was Dave was Parker there? there? Yeah, Dave Parker was there. And there's at least a couple more on there as well. Yeah. That was it's the it was the We Are Family uh, Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, I mean, I, I go, I um, you know, like when Kramer hears Mary Hart's voice. <laughs> <laughs> the '86 yes. Mets, the uh, the '91 Braves. <laughs> yes, just just the word '94 World Series, the '79 <laughs> Pirates. All those kind yeah. of things kind of just make me. Yeah, twitchy. I can see how that would be a problem. <laughs> the '81 Dodgers. Oh, okay, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's funny that you. It's funny. Like Drew's got all these loads of loads of cash on him, and he's in DC. Yes. And it's like, is he in politics? Because he sure has a lot his own money, but likes to spend other people's money. Yeah. I, well, I know that he has dabbled and and worked for for some folks that are uh, in the political realm. But as of right now, he is he is not working within the political realm. Oh, he missed his calling. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> he should at least be a senator by now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone you know has probably experienced cancer, a heart attack, or stroke. The odds of experiencing one of these are high, which could result in bills for thousands of dollars in out-of-pocket expenses. How would you pay for it? With your savings? There is another option. It's called Active Care. Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from ten to sixty thousand dollars. And with Active Care, the cash is yours to use as you see fit. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Penn Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com. 
<laughs> All right, so let's go. Let's uh, get into, we're getting to a lofty territory here with with number two. Well, I tell you, number two has got to be dear old mom. Um, she was, and and again, going back to uh, this time period when you know maybe your town had a mall. Um, you probably had a Sears and Roebuck, maybe J.C. Penney's, but um, I didn't even know that there were these things called action figures. And I distinctly, again, emblazoned into my mind and heart. It was a, it was a rainy afternoon and my mom walked in with this bag and said, here, I found these for you. And it turned out to be what was the actual first 12 figures produced by Kenner. And I, I didn't even know what to do. I mean, obviously that they were all open within seconds and, um, played with, uh, love. I couldn't even begin to count the hours. Yeah, absolutely. They, they were loved. And I mean, they, they show where I've got them actually, um, in a, in a shadow box right now. And they're all on the, uh, studio wall, but, um, yeah, I just think remember that moment of, of opening it up and just going, oh my goodness, what is this thing called action figure? I didn't have any G.I. Joes at that point, not even any like the old school 12 inch, 11 inch, whatever they were, G.I. Joes. And that just became this snowball effect of, um, my goodness, vehicles and characters. And I mean, around the same time that I got the the Millennium Falcon, I know I, I had an X-wing, and I had the, the they had the Death Star where you could have the extend the little bridge and the the Dinogas and the little pit of torn up foam, and um, I, literally uh, being an only child uh, too. Like my parents would just be like, okay, just make sure he's fed a couple times a day, and he'll be fine. <laughs> make sure he doesn't die. Yeah, exactly. Make sure he's got a sustenance, which was, you know, um, food in Star Wars. And um, the, the amount of adventures that took place um, on dining room tables, underneath dining room tables, in the hallway. Um, I, I learned from my cousin, hey, it's actually really cool if you buy multiple stormtroopers. And I thought, oh, brilliant. So I just started buying up stormtroopers. And then we would line them up against each other and we would take turns uh, with rubber bands and trying to like destroy the other person's stormtrooper army and stuff. So uh, just incredible. And so she is, she's number two on the list for the sheer fact that she, like I said earlier, she fed the monster, man. Um, She did her best to not only um, get those what are now collectibles, but like I said, had the the foresight to actually hold on to them when um, Star Wars was a forgotten memory um, for the, the the high school college years. Yeah, that is that's so cool. That takes like I think parents that do that have vision. <laughs> yeah, I, I I guess I'll totally say that my mom has vision when it came to that. Um, and at the same time, though, I'm just like, hey, so how come you held on to this, but not <laughs> fill in the blank on the other toy that wasn't there? Um, right. Yeah. Like I'm sure that whether it was, you know, DC had toys back then and, or whatever yeah. franchise was, was also pushing toys. Oh yeah. Why not those? Why would, why would you keep the star Wars, but not yeah. any of the others? Yeah. It, and maybe it was, it kind of goes back to what you had said about your parents. Just like when your dad had dubbed the tape and stuff is just, the sheer observation of how into it I was. Um, And that's really like, I had other toys, but those are the ones that like were obviously the center of my heart. So um, 
Yes. Yes. Mom, go mom. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think my parents, uh, they were just all too pleased to... The kids are done with toys? Great. Get them the hell out of here. And they, it, just, it <laughs> oh, just seemed like... Ouch, ouch. But I, we didn't care. Yeah, right. You know, by that point, again, we'd moved on to sports cards or, you know, whatever yeah. else. Yeah. And one day, just all the toys were gone. And I don't I don't even remember really noticing or caring. Mm. Like, ah, yeah, I was done with those, I suppose. They were broken and missing after pieces. Right, right. So long, childhood. Oh. Yeah. And, <laughs> well... Now, now here, this is going to make you, are you sitting down, Kyle? Because I'm going to tell you something that is going to probably, um, if you've got your Apple watch on, get your heart rate there. Because I'm, I'm about to make it uptick about 100 beats a minute. So my mom's best friend, um, is, it was funny enough, she was my kindergarten classroom teacher's assistant. And that's how they met. Um, but her son was two years older than me. She bought him... Everything that my mom ever bought me, Star Wars. But now talk about foresight. She bought two of everything. She still has original Kenner sealed boxes in her storage shed. Could could you repeat that? (laughs) I know. I know. And here's the thing. Her son, he's like, I don't know. I I don't don't know. He's he's very anti-consumerism. I'm just, and so Luann, which is her name, I said, Luann, just... Can I just come over and smell the boxes? Can I can I just can I just just hold it for a little while? And she's like, "Oh, you'll have to talk to Brent about that." I'm just like, "Well, give me Brent's cell phone because if he's not interested, like, you know, I'm I'm the next closest thing you have to a son, so, you know." But yeah, wow. she she bought two of everything. Keep, keep her close. One of everything is Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely. She's on speed dial. <laughs> yeah, like when when she's in her like waning years, be there for her. Oh, I believe me. Yes. I will be at the, yes, I, I will be at the, uh, the retirement home, shady acres, whatever it is. Um, every day, every day, whatever it is she needs, like brushing her hair. Yes. Whatever. Scrubbing <laughs> the corns on her feet. You do what you got to do. If whatever it leads to it takes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible, though. No, that really is. Well, and, and I know like other people in the world certainly had that same thought, but I like I I would have never had thought about that. Had I been an adult then, I would have been like, oh, so it's popular, cool. And probably much more like your parents were. It's like, oh, he's not playing with anymore. It's time to to clear it out. But what what in today's world is going to have that impact? I know a lot of people are buying up the the current um figures and and the the pop the funko pops and all that stuff but i like i don't think because of mass um merchandising and mass production i don't think it's going to come close to the value that the original kinner stuff has no like i i'm pretty deep into collecting these days and sure some some of the stuff that i own it's gone up in value but it's i think it's peaked it's going to just plateau and stay at its current value for a long long time like everybody's got yeah. their stuff and everybody's hanging on to it now right right what it's going to exactly. take is like another generation of fans coming up getting into collecting deep and then right. wanting wanting what i have only then yeah. does it start to peak does it start to climb again but that's that's years and years from now oh yeah otherwise you got to get you have to get an exclusive of something Absolutely. And I'm at a spot right now where like, hey, I don't mind paying, you know, whatever, 65 bucks for a, a signed print at Celebration or whatever. 
but I like I have yet to make the jump to any collectible that's retail price was more than fifty bucks. It's yeah, it's tough. That's yeah. I mean, I've got a group of collecting friends, and I have friends at the the Nerd Room podcast where they have like the golden rule of like not paying more than thirty five dollars for a Black Series figure, for example. Mm, and it's, it's 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 a hard and fast rule. Like if it will, we've kind of coached ourselves to the point where it's like it'll come down. It will yeah. come down in price, and it yeah. always does. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because it's probably been as this summer sometime. And our, our local target here in, in Santa Cruz is super small. But it's funny that um, Constable Zuvio and Last Jedi Finn were still warming the pegs. Mm, yeah, there's always, there's always, yeah, I mean, I, I, like you said, like there's, there's so much mass production now that you can find yeah. almost anybody still out there. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Really not that I, I almost bought them both just out of like feeling sorry for the figures for some reason, but alas, they're still there, <laughs> and and there they will stay until they sh- show yes. up at like Ross's <laughs> or something for ninety nine cents, <laughs> and then I'll grab them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Just you know, because then it would be a crime not to pay a dollar for it. But yes, yes, it's it's um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird time to be a collector. Like I I was I saw a post on, uh, Fanthatrax, mm-hmm. a week or two ago. And they said this is just eight short years ago, and it was a toy section at a store at a Toys R Us, and it was in promotion of the Clone Lord, uh, the Clone Wars toys, or the Clone mm. Wars series, and it was yeah. just this like now you go to a Walmart or Target or wherever, and you get you get like this little section of wall, right? And th- promoting the Clone Wars movie, it had to be like a ten foot section of of shelf space at a Walmart, and it was like top to bottom all the way across and it was like an wow an absolute tidal wave of of clone wars toys and it's like wow, wow. i have vague recollections of that because i wasn't collecting much at the time yeah um i wish i'd bought those figures because now those figures can rake in a pretty penny i believe it i believe it because i think you know a lot of collectors were kind of out of the game back then but a yeah. small group did hang around now do you find with like yourself and your friends that are into the collecting like i said our target is super small of course we lost toys r us we don't have walmart um do do most of your buys come going to brick and mortar or are you finding most things online it's 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 yeah it's changing to online to be honest with you mm, yeah um, my wall like walmart i guess wall even in in Canada, it's been hit and miss badly. I've, you know, I'm part of various Facebook groups who are. It seems like it seems like mm. some WalMarts get a ton of stuff and others get nothing. And my region has been dismal, 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 dismal wow. since the Disney takeover. Wow. Toys R Us has been much more fruitful. We we still have Toys R Us. Oh um, whoa! Yeah, yeah, we're hanging on. We still got it, and it's it's really not in nice. any danger. <laughs> so I, I have amazing. a couple of Toys R Us. I'm jealous. Uh, don't be too jealous. <laughs> it's, 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 it's come through for me. Like Triple Force Friday was saved by Toys R Us, but by no means was it like the glory days where even even mm. for the prequels where you'd walk in and it was you were just slammed. Like there was it was sensory overload. Yeah. It's not that anymore. Like it's yeah. It's much more refined. Now it's taken over by Frozen 2. Like all that space that used to go to Star Wars is <laughs> now course, going to of Frozen. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
and it makes it makes oh, all the sense in the horrible. world. That's horrible. Yeah, so I mean, it's it, it's strange. Collecting is 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 evolving. It's it's becoming a different place. I don't know that kids are playing with action figures the way that we used to. You know, they like their apps no. and their electronic toys, no. and they're, yeah, their they're, kids are just so messed up. <laughs> it's true. Our <laughs> the future is dim when it comes to that. <laughs> it's yeah. It's it's certainly going to look much different. And uh, recently, the the three and three quarter line of action figures, just your standard issue action figures with like the five points of articulation, the ones that we grew up with forever. Yeah. Uh, it's, they've been done away with in star Wars. They're gone. Mm. Devin. Like there's no rise of Skywalker That's... three and three quarter figures, except for the ones that they will publish or, or put out with uh, the, the vintage collection, the, the old school packaging. Wow. And, and those are obviously targeted to collectors like kid parents right. are paying, you know, f- whatever it is. I think in the U S those are either 1299 or 1499 per That's figure insane. for me they're 17.99 wow. wow yeah and this is it's you're just your typical action figure that's really sad it, it, that's i don't know if you've read the book engineering and empire but you know the the authors went on this incredible journey of finding and interviewing some of the original kenner designers and folks that worked in Kinner that were specifically part of the Star Wars three and three quarter team. Mm-hmm. And um, it when you see and understand like the backstory there of all those people, uh, it, it makes me really sad to know that like that version of the action figure is no more. Yeah, it's kind of gone away. Like I said, it's still there in the high, more articulated three and three, three quarter scale, but that's aimed right. strictly, almost strictly at collectors. Right, right. Like I'm not buying those for my kids, but they no. what they have replaced <laughs> it with is like these um it's basically galaxy of adventures figures but they're they're like five inches tall they're at a completely oh, okay. different scale and they're nice and they have like this these play these these features that you know the three and three quarters didn't have but it's really the end of an era and it's uh the, the future of collecting is sort of strange it's in a strange place right now yeah i can imagine anyway. that. i can imagine <laughs> that yeah yeah good diversion all, all, all this thanks to mom Indeed, who Indeed. fed the beast? She did, <laughs> and she she fed it well because here we are, you know, all these years later, still completely, <laughs> in completely in the bag for this galaxy far, far away. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> all right, here we go. All right, number one. Who is number well, one on your Mount Rushmore? I mean, nobody is waiting on the edge of their seat for this because, of course, it's my my BFF Travis. Um, you know, there's just everything that I've talked about as far as the figures and the playtime and, and all that, um, you know, we grew up in a place that it, it would probably, I would describe it as something similar to like what you would see on stranger things, as far as, you know, a smaller town where kids are just riding their bike from one place to the other after dark and parents not freaked out about it. Um, and so if he was not at my house, I was at his house and, like I said, from that first moment of seeing the film for the first time to all of the um, discussions we've had and the what ifs, the speculations, because <laughs> there was no 24 seven social media feed about what the next movie was going to be about. I mean, I just remember finding out uh, on the way home from like summer camp one day that this thing called Empire Strikes, but there's going to be another Star Wars movie. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. And um 
those pinnacle moments of fandom, like we shared together. And so I don't think that anyone's going to outdo that, though. I will say my, my asterisk with this is I have had an absolute blast introducing my daughter to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And because we've got so many more uh, female heroes in the galaxy now, like she absolutely loves it. Yeah, my kids love this franchise as well. I don't know. I'm obviously not going to try and force them into it, but I will continue to share it with them for as long as they're receptive to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things is, well, when when Ainsley, my daughter, when she was, I guess it was probably three Halloweens ago, maybe four Halloweens ago. I lose track. (laughs) But, you know... She had an opportunity. We're going to dress up as as a family, but that's kind of our thing. And so uh, however many years ago, we were going to do Star Wars. And I thought for sure she was going to pick Rey. And she straight up chose Phasma. Her words um, totally unprompted. Well, you know, Daddy, of course I'm going to choose Phasma because she tells the boys what to do. I'm saying, like, oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like a boss. Exactly, exactly. So it's been fun. She's been to Celebration when it was in Orlando. And um, there's a chance that if we get to go as a family to Anaheim 2020, we'll, if I go, we'll go as a family. But um, yeah, it's just been super fun. And, and just it brings so much joy when I see her, um, you know, grab a lightsaber. And as the movie's going, her play along with it and and all those things that I did. So it's... It's been pretty awesome. So between Travis and my daughter Ainsley, th- those are my top picks. Very cool. I mean, yeah, that's that's. It really doesn't get better than that when you can kind of pass on your love and and have it received by your kids. Yeah, like, yeah. You again, you don't want to f- like shove it down their throats like the, feeding the duck the foie gras, but <laughs> you kind of hope they they kind of absorb it on their own. And right now, I, I, I'm just thrilled because I went into my daughter's... I, my daughter was playing with her Star Wars figures. And it speaks to what you were saying about how there's so many more female heroes for the, for girls to latch mm. on to. And I'll yeah. try and na- rattle off the names. But I, w- I went into our bathroom. And on the bathroom counter uh, was an Ahsoka figure, Rey, Leia, Hera, Sabine, uh, Rose, Paige, Kira. Wow. And the way she had them set up was so cool. It was, she had them like hanging off the side of the counter. Oh my gosh. And like, like I'll send you, I, it's, it's hard to paint the visual, but they were almost like, yeah. like a chain of people hanging on That's to one, awesome. one another as others like fall off the cliff. And I just walked into the bathroom and I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like this was not possible, <laughs> especially for, for young girls just a few right. years ago. This was not possible. None of these characters save for Leia. Yeah. existed and it was amazing it was amazing to see Whoa. and now like this this past weekend um i i bought her a bunch of forces of destiny uh, comics mm. and I, I go into her bedroom and she's got them tacked to her bedroom wall wow and i was like that's yeah. what i did when i was a kid i, well I used done, to take Dad. my comics and pin and i'm like this is it's working <laughs> i didn't even have to try that hard. yeah it's truly. working <laughs> oh, and I, I think that, that that's it, though, right? Is they see your passion for it, and that alone, I think, is sometimes all they need to at least be curious enough to investigate it for themselves. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I, I would I showed my my 
kids have seen the trailers, they know, but particularly with the D23 trailer, with the, with the, the vision of Dark Ray, I remember my daughter's face just going white. Mm. Like it just it just shook her to right to her yeah. right to her bones like yeah no 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 no, no. this can't happen to Ray and it, like it just like the investment for her in that character is 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 totally there. Well, in fairness, I had the same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I think in a way we all did. <laughs> Far and away, she's my favorite character of of the the new trilogy, and yeah. for as as invested as I am in Phasma, at least money wise, <laughs> Ray's just got a, a special place. And, you know, I think that something that, that you said, and like, I, I see that with my daughter too. And that is, you know, when they're developing their own stories in their mind and with their action figures or dolls or whatever else it is, I, I think that it's so cool when, when they take the ownership of it and you know, you're not forcing it when, they're having their own adventures and you just happen to sneak a peek of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's totally candid. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to start to wind this down, but I wanted to, I wanted to, this is a question I think we're going to start to grapple with, with, uh, as a fandom. Okay. The, the OT had a good long time post 83 to sort of sit mm-hmm. there and marinate and kind of, just sink into our pores and become part of the like the the zeitgeist, the our collective consciousness. Yes. Uh, yes. The prequels had a, also a good stretch, and of course, you know the way they kind of uh, connect to the OT. The prequels are, are now sort of becoming co- what's considered like the the like almost like an original six. But what mm-hmm. do you like in this era of of Disney films, where there's not going to be a ten year break or a fifteen year break? Three is kind of like this. The, this chasm now that we're looking at just just mm. ahead and it seems like like that seems like it's going to be torture <laughs> even though we're going to have plenty of distractions on disney plus just that yeah. cinematic experience going to bed for a while which i mm. think is a good thing ultimately yeah but what do you think uh what, what do you think the the legacy and shelf life of the sequel trilogy will be when disney will be very and lucasfilm will be very invested in not burying it, but kicking off a new era of Star Wars. So what what will that mm. do to the sequels and the longevity of characters like Rey and Kylo and Finn? I, I So great question. <laughs> I think a lot of it's going to come down to what we get in episode nine, right? I think first off, who lives and who doesn't? And I think that what do we see these characters do? You know, Jeremy from our team is very much on record for saying that he he's just fascinated by by Kylo Ren. In fact, you know, now that we got the the, the trailer, um, we no longer have just shirtless Kylo, but we now have wet hair Kylo. So I asked him which was his favorite, and you'll have to listen to our next episode to to see which one it is. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think so. Some of it depends on on what we see in nine, but I. I hope, I hope for what we see with the absolute commitment to characters like Padme, like Ewan McGregor, young Obi-Wan. And I know that we're going to get some Obi-Wan love uh, not too far down the road, but we see a lot of these characters in the prequels that I don't think got their due when they first came out. And so I'm confident 
that some of these characters, especially our, our three main heroes, and if we want to put Rose in there, obviously she has an entire uh, fan base just for her. I, I think we're going to actually see them farewell. And I think one of the reasons is fandom has the opportunity to one be connected at any point in the day <laughs> yeah and 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 be connected specifically with people that share their own love and passion whether it's for a character or a theme or whatever else so i'm less concerned about like will these characters have longevity i'm more intrigued by what will fandom look like 5 years 6 years 7 years down the road i I have no idea. I know that they're pouring tons of money into augmented reality and virtual reality. And so I'm excited for what's around the corner. And I think that these characters that we got and I'll throw Rogue One and even the solo film in there as well. I think they're the movies themselves. I think we'll see on the test of time. And I think that a lot of these characters will continue to be beloved as well. Yeah, I sure hope so. Cause you know, you watch a sitcom and you still get the odd reference here and there to like Obi-Wan Kenobi or they'll make like an right. oblique Star Wars reference and you go, I, right. I get that. You know, I, I, kn- right. I know what you're doing and the, the laugh track goes and it's it's still out there. Will we be, yeah. will we still see those same jokes about like, will, will, will there be offhanded Finn references or or whatever, whatever character you want to draw on from this sequel trilogy? I, I wonder if they're going to have the same impact. Yeah, I... I I'm not personally ready to go that far at this point because I think, you know, when we got Star Wars, there was nothing like it. And now Star Wars, whether by other space fantasy or just blockbuster type archetype that Star Wars kind of came out and and said, here we are. And especially if we throw the merchandising in there. I mean, you mentioned, you know, the store's gone frozen too already. So I, I think from a pop culture reference it's probably going to be diminished. I would say that 10, 15, 20 years down the road, they'll probably still making those same references to the original trilogies, but maybe not the sequels when it, when it comes to the little inside jokes in um, sitcoms or, or wherever else. Yeah. It feels like all that maybe has been already supplanted by, by the meme. Yeah. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And like I said, it'll be interesting to see kind of what the next evolution of, of fandom looks like. Absolutely. Great answer, man. I, I The only thing I would have... My answer was sort of much smaller. And I, it, it sort of tr- it gravy trains off your answer, which where you said, like, I think it depends on what happens in 9. And yeah, I think it, it, a lot mm. depends on... Um, if if 9 completes this, this sequel trilogy and makes it feel like it augments... The, mm. the 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 saga as a whole, rather mm. than just feeling tacked on. Yeah. If it feel if it yeah. if it closes the loop and it feels like it all belongs together, then I think I think there's a much better chance that these characters really stand the test of time. And if it doesn't, and it just feels like well, you know, this this trilogy exists because reasons, then it's maybe a bit murkier. But as long as we have the meme, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they shall live. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It, indeed. And, and no one is certainly going to erase Star Wars from pop culture. Um, and, and so I think that, you know, we go forward. And I hope, like, first off, I don't envy J.J. Abrams' task of not only bringing this sequel, but this entire saga to a close. 
No. I, I think that I'm hoping that, that nine is really a moment of restoration for fandom. And though there will still be people so. that that will diss it, I, I really hope it's this sweet ending. At the end of the first showing, I want to feel uh, somewhere between I want to stand up and give an ovation, but I can't because I'm in the fetal position sobbing. Yep, exactly. They've, they've given that satis- satisfaction as a buzzword. Yeah. Kind of over and over and over. I, I wonder if... I hope that they can give the ending that will satisfy everybody without feeling like they just sort of pulled their punches. You know, in trying to satisfy everybody, maybe they satisfy nobody. I hope it doesn't go that way. And I hope that JJ has found uh, a way to please everybody. Because if if he commits to one way or another, he's probably going to piss off a lot of people. So I don't know. I don't know what ending is in store for this franchise. But man, it's you kind of, like, what's crucial about it I think is that you want this 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 saga to close but leave people wanting more Star Wars movies. Yeah. If it just goes I, out I with that... like this ugh, ending, people go thank god this is over. Like please Disney put this to bed. You don't you don't <laughs> you don't want that. They can yeah. they can't afford to have that as a reaction. Well, and I I hope, you know, one of the, the great things about the movies up to this point in time, all of them, all of them is we've left the theater with questions. And so I, I, I want to leave this one too. I don't need everything wrapped up. I want there to be doors left ajar. I want there to be questions lingering. I want there to be those, those type of endings to some extent. It's like, well, I could interpret it this way or this way. And maybe time will tell. I think he's going to do that with uh, the whole Raylo thing. I think that's oh, the gosh. ending that we're going to be sitting there going, <laughs> is it a thing? Is it oh, like, is that, is Raylo? I think, I think that's the thing that he's going to try and please everybody with. If, if you're, if you're not oh, into my that, gosh. I think he's going to, I think I, I'm convinced. I, I don't know why I'm convinced of it, but I, I think there's going to be an ending where if you want to believe in that, it's there for you. And if you think that it, 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 it no, that Raylo's not a thing, then power to you it's it's that you can make that interpretation as well so if i'm reading you correctly then kyle when when kevin smith talked about not going into the sound stage as to blow the finale you're saying that that could be a wedding chapel with ben solo and ray whatever her last name is no i i think it won't be that at all like, oh cause, okay because that that would I mean that's that to me is definitive. Like no, it's a thing. Okay, I think it'll. All right, so you just leave it like lingering. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, now. I'm with you. My cards on the table. I think Ben Solo's a goner. Mm-hmm. I, I've thought for for you know the entire trilogy, he's he's gonna die. Uh, yeah, but I think he's yeah. gonna go out in such a way that, um, you know, he'll be. He'll. I think rede- redemption is inevitable. I think that's gonna happen for sure. Uh, and I think. Uh, when he goes out, it'll be in a way where you'll see on Ray's face that, yeah, I could have loved that Ben Solo. He he mm. he just came. It's it's too bad he only came back now because I could have loved that mm. guy. Mm. But I but he's gone, and so if you want to say that it's not a thing because he's dead, and okay, then it's not a thing. But also you can believe that, well, she does love him, and yeah. their love is kind of like this tragic, forever thing. Right. Right. I, I could probably sleep at night if, if it were something like that. 
Yeah, I think and I think that's something that he's going to try and do just to make everybody happy. And then yeah. I think the mistake in that case is is uh, in assuming that fans will handle it like adults and not scream at each other for the next <laughs> twenty five years, or or at least I, until I'm sorry, they did you say inevitably... fandom's going to handle itself like adults? <laughs> well, I think they. Well, like you said, you know how they would, they would want to uh, leave something open to debate. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the yeah. aspect that they will want to leave yeah. open to debate, and I think it's the one that thing that fandom can't handle because we like you. You're out there. You see the way people react. Oh, I know. It's I it's know. crazy. And I don't know that uh, fandom can handle that conversation rationally. I I would concur with that. It, it's it's times like this though. Like you really have to admire George Lucas for just going like I don't really care what people think. <laughs> just go for it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I, I, you know, now that th- there's there's sort of like this corporate master to answer to. Yes. There there's there's almost like a mandate to to satisfy. Like George could be the auteur storyteller and tell the story he wants and if people don't like it, too damn bad. This is my story. But now that's it's like no, this has to deliver. Right. Yeah. So Right. Anyway, there's going to be plenty of time to discuss this in the uh in the weeks and months to come. But yes, we we will have our opportunity. Oh, for sure. Well into 2020, I am sure. <laughs> but for now, I think it's time to close up shop here at Worthy of Recognition. Devin, I want to thank you so, so much, my friend. This has been such a great time to chat with you. Oh, well, thank you for the invite, Kyle, man. We, we adore you guys, and we are thankful that we get to do this little thing called fandom together with y'all. Absolutely, man. This is it's it's been great. We'll continue to uh, to to hang out and do this kind of thing back and forth as as uh, the podcasting years go on. Indeed. So, where can people find the unmistakably Star Wars podcast and yourself and your team and all that great stuff? Yeah. Well, as always, you can swing by iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your uh, podcast procurer of choice is. Obviously, unmistakably starwars.com. You'll find our complete archive of shows and blog articles and videos. And uh, you can follow us on that wretched hive of scum and villainy known as Twitter at unmistakably SW. Beautiful. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a great, if you're not, I mean, a lot of people listening already know you very, very well, but if you haven't, if you haven't jumped on the USW train yet, go check it out. You will be, you will be very, very happy. I'm sure. And so with that, guys... Thank you, my friend. Oh, my pleasure, man. Uh, With that, everybody, that is it for Worthy of Recognition. Uh, Tune in again next month. We'll be back with somebody else. (laughs) Uh, And until then, everybody, have a great one, and uh, may the Force be with you.